0: What's up, family? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of With The Facts Podcast. I'm Mario, the creator. And whew, y'all, I'm happy to be back. Um, needed to take a week off. There's so much going on in the culture right now that is just very heartbreaking. And so I felt that it was appropriate for us to take a pause, um, to just concentrate on our mental and emotional health. Um, and I hope that you do the same that you know you take a break from the news you take a break maybe from social media and just try to process um, your emotions and just take care of yourselves physically mentally emotionally and spiritually Um, so this week I think this is pretty appropriate topic (laughs) we had planned to release it last week but we're releasing it this week and we are doing part one of um, this topic, which is addressing transphobia and homophobia in the Black community, it is still very much so a big issue, and so we really want to ensure um, that we talk about it uh, and that we address it. Especially, uh, I think Little Nas X released his video, um, I think this week, uh, and there's been a lot of conversation. So I think this this conversation is pretty timely. So as I say every week, sit back, relax. And let's dive into today's episode. Oh, and before I let you go, don't forget, you can always join our Patreon community at patreon.com backslash WTF podcast TV. And we'd love to hear from you at with the facts at gmail.com. So y'all ready to dive into it? Let's go. Here's part one of this conversation with the squad. Last time we were together, y'all, we talked about a lot of things um, that we have seen unfold. Um, But one of the things that we highlighted that we said we wanted to come back and revisit was talking about homophobia and transphobia in the Black community. So that's what we're going to tackle today. Um, But before we jump into that topic, I always like to start with this. Just kind of want to check in with y'all. How are you doing? How are things going? We seem to be getting close to getting more people vaccinated and uh with covid and possibly trying to get back to some sense of normalcy I don't know if it'll ever go back to what it was but maybe inching in that way so just kind of want to check in with you so Rebecca start with you how are you doing how's everything going
1: so uh everything is going pretty good Uh, I have Got my vaccine. I got my vaccination this morning, round one, Moderna, so uh, that went well. My family's all getting theirs today, so that's going well, um, and I am looking into going back to school, and um, things are tougher than expected, but I am keeping my eyes on the prize and not giving up and just finding different ways to do it, so uh, things are going well, things are going well.
0: Yeah. Kalia, Dr. J, how are y'all doing? How are things going with you?
2: Um, I'm actually doing pretty well. Um, I know last time we talked, I was kind of like really trying to just survive. But you can see I did my hair, which means that I have some energy, so that's good. You yes, look fabulous, um, by the way. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I've been I've been doing pretty well. It definitely helps um, for me personally that it's been a lot warmer and sunnier over here and on the East Coast. That always helps being able to get outside and walk around and get some vitamin D. Um, but yeah, I've been doing okay. So things are 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 feeling better than they were. I hope that I hope it stays that way.
0: Me too. Kalia, how are you doing? Um, so I
3: am happy about spring. Like once I can get outside, it just does the world's of good. Um, right now, however, I am preparing to have our first group of students enter the building. and So we're, we're running a small pilot that's kicking off next week. And just as you can imagine, all of the logistics, all of the safety protocols, Um making sure families are prepped is, it's just been a lot. And so, i um, excited to see the babies. We have missed them and just be able to have them in the building. Um, but I'm, I'm equally just anxious and making sure everybody in the building is going to be safe yeah. and frustrated that I can't seem to get a vaccine appointment.
0: <laughs> Hopefully like in Georgia, by next week, we should start seeing more traction with like massive vaccination sites opening. That's supposed to be the plan. So I'm hoping that that actually happens and you'll be able to get an appointment and just drive up and get a vaccine, hopefully.
3: APS is going to allow all of their educators to get vaccinated. So uh, an email should be coming out any day now. If I can't get it through a private provider, they are gonna host a day. but I'd like to get it sooner than later.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I think for me I am I honestly don't know how I am. <laughs> um I have different emotions on different days. Most days are good cuz I just have a lot going on. But I think health-wise I've been dealing with some things for a while now that I think are catching up with me. <clears throat> and so I'm just trying to You know, wrestle with that and battle with that. And I'm that type of person, like, I don't just tell people in my life, like, oh, these are the things that are going on with me health wise. Like, I just push through and just do what I need to do. But now I'm like, "Um, I think I need a village. (laughs) Like, it's like, I think I need a village right now. So, um, but things are good um, in a lot of ways. Professionally, things are going really well. I have other things on my plate. So right now, I think for me, it's prioritizing and not balancing because I just feel like balancing is just not really possible. So there are things that are taking different priorities, gearing up to take, you know, gearing up to, you know, go to school for my second master's degree um, soon. So it's just trying to get my brain right and my life right and just kind of get everything together. So, and I get vaccinated next week. So I I happened to nab an appointment. I was like, thank you. (laughs) Um, I literally... Cry yesterday when um I got the text back like, hey, we can fit you in at four. And I was like, Phew. I just didn't realize how much tension I was holding around that. And so yeah, so that's been cool. So but I'm glad to hear that you guys are well and that things seem to be going and better weather helps with that. <laughs> it just does. When it's cold and it's depressing, it really, really is. So hopefully as we enter into spring and summer, things are gonna be a lot better, like emotion-wise. So, all right, well, let's jump right into this topic. So, like I said, last time we were together, we uh, we unpacked a lot of things. And one of the things that we talked about was Black Lives Matter. And we talked about what happened around George Floyd, uh, how that kind of just sparked across the nation and literally the worlds of people being involved with Black Lives Matter. But then we start seeing some divisions within Black Lives Matter. Um, and not from the, the curators of Black Lives Matter, but people who were participating in it. Um, there became this uh, issue that came to the forefront of that there's still a lot of homophobia and transphobia in the Black community where we had to start saying all black lives matter, that we are incorporating every black person, no matter what their experiences are, no matter what their sexuality is. Um, And that's actually listed on their website of what they believe about family. And they believe in all types of family, not just what people quote unquote consider the nuclear family. And so people who don't necessarily subscribe to that started causing some divisions within that. Um, and, and, and in some ways, actually started speaking kind of ill of Black Lives Matter because they felt like we should you should not be supporting um, uh, an organization that is for homo, you know, for um, trans people, for those who may be queer, uh, for those who are non-binary. And so the thing about Black Lives Matter is they are encompassing for all. So I kind of want to start with this. Um, what were some things that you saw and witnessed as that movement was starting to build, but this division started happening when it came to um, our Q plus siblings? So you may hear me say Q plus in this conversation, which is just LGBTQIA, I just always say Q plus because that encompasses everybody. Um, what were some things that you saw happening um, as the movement was growing and getting bigger um, that you started seeing within the black community, this division? Um, Rebecca, I want to toss it to you first. Um, what were some of your thoughts and observations?
1: I thought it was uh, a lot of power struggles. So we are trying to dismantle white supremacy. We are trying to um, build up our allies so that we can do better, so that they can do better for us, and so that the world can be better for us, especially in America. And it was very disheartening to see uh, that there were people within our community, within our race that um, were willing to do the same thing to people in our in our own race, our own community, that other races and communities do to us. They were willing to put other people down physically, mentally, to um, raise themselves up, to be in a better position. Um, and it was disheartening because we were all fighting for the group um you have black trans women you have black women who happen who are queer you have black people of all walks of life on the front lines specifically our um trans sisters who are in the front with the mics putting their bodies in in the front for everyone and they are the ones who um are being attacked at rallies they're being um murdered in the streets and it was unfair and it was like the worst thing that we could have do we could have done it's like we were it's like the the all our ethics went out the window when it came to people in our community and we have to do better we absolutely have to do better but we cannot say that black lives matter we cannot apart from the organization the movement itself in our own version of civil rights we cannot do that if we are picking and choosing which black lives are worth saving are, are actually matter it's all of us all of us matter we have to treat all of us the same um and the homophobia really jumped out when it came to the protests and hearing people um i experienced it when i posted something on uh instagram about these are all the things that i believe in these are all the people that i support and believe in and trans people were on that list and Um, a cishet man came into my small Instagram and was very upset that I wasn't talking specifically about police brutality. Um, But when we were out on the streets, we were were asking for justice. We were asking for peace. Um, And we can't say, oh, I want peace for cisgendered heterosexual people. That's not fair. And that's not, that's not what we were out there for.
0: Yeah, I agree. Kalia, Dr. J, do y'all have any thoughts? What were some observations that you saw?
3: I think what I saw, I I, I just kind of always expected. Um, I think the Black community, and it's not everyone, but the social conservatives of the Black community always seem to rear their head around this issue. And it's rooted in their interpretation of religion. Um, and... So I saw that come through strong, um, and in some in some ways, blaming what was happening on a quote unquote lack of morality um, because of their supports of an alternative lifestyle. I hate that term, um, and it's it's it happens like routinely, but every time I see it, it is frustrating, um, and I say that as um, somebody who identifies as an ally, um, as well as, uh, the sister of a gay black man, and every time it happens, I worry, um, just because people can be so hateful, and the videos I think we saw, um, come up of, um, uh, uh, a person being attacked in a, i think it was a grocery store, um, just, just for simply being, just for simply existing in a way that people don't agree with, um, and so, and I, and I say person because I can't remember um, how they identified, um, but it was, it was awful to see. And when I see those things, it makes me think of my brother. And I like, to you know, I always text him like, "Be safe, um, just be safe." <laughs> because that's that's really I hate that I have to it's like what we tell women when they're out like be safe and we we shouldn't have to but it's just the reality um so yeah those those, those are really my observations and it's frustrating um because we just we're not there yet
0: yeah Dr. Jay, what are your thoughts
2: um you know I'd say my observation was that I didn't really see a lot. And I think that's telling. I didn't see a lot on like social media that's really specifically focused on <clears throat> the LGBTQ plus Black people and, you know, their health and their safety and their wellness. I didn't see a lot of activism around that. Not that there wasn't any, um, but then I also see a lot of that activism coming from the LGBTQ plus community um, and from, uh, from Black women. Um, and not so much from what this movement has tended to center on, which is Black men. Um, I think that there is, you know, there are benefits and there are drawbacks to the fact that these movements in the past several years have sprung up around police brutality, because I think that, because police brutality is something that primarily affects men, although women are also uh, also suffer at the hands of police as well as um, LGBTQ plus people. And um, so I think that, that it's wonderful that this movement is happening because of, and it's brought, been brought to the forefront because of police brutality. But part of the problem is that because that's something that happens so much to men, then we sort of lose sight of all the other black people who are also facing oppression on a daily basis. Um, and so that's been a problem I think in the movement from its modern beginnings, like in 2012, after Trayvon Martin was murdered. Um, And, you know, I think unfortunately, just like black people have had to bring this movement to the forefront, it may end up, it's probably going to be LGBTQ plus people who have to bring that movement to the forefront of um, this intersectional movement of looking at, people have so many different identities, you know, and so, black people have all different kinds of identities. We're not just black and we have to start to be able to recognize that more in these movements. Um, so I think for me, what I really noticed was like an absence of focus on, um, on LGBTQ plus black people. Um, uh, I didn't see as much of the sort of bullying and negative and negativity, although I know that that's out there, but when in the things that I was looking at, I was mostly just not really seeing anything and not really seeing anything about Black women either, to be honest. I mean, um, there's a lot of groups that sort of are kind of left behind right now.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, I think it's interesting because, you know, Black Lives Matter was curated by queer women. so. It's, it's really interesting to me that oftentimes, which, and again, they've been very vocal and it's listed out on the website. And when they speak, they talk about all the different forms of community within the black community that they are for. I always think it's interesting though, um, how queer fam, our queer fam and our trans fam and our non-binary fam, they're kind of always left out of the conversation as the movement grows into these different spaces, um, and I did see some of some of the the viciousness towards um, our trans sisters, especially Black trans sisters, at the at these marches, um, because they're coming in their full self, right? Like they're not about to back down from anybody. We're saying Black Lives Matter. They're a part of that, um, and just the way in which they were treated. Um, you know, by (sighs) cisgendered, you know, heterosexual, straight, you know, straight black men, like it, that's primarily who was attacking them. Um, And so there has to be this weird dichotomy that your blackness is accepted, but you being trans isn't, or you being queer isn't, or you being non-binary isn't, or even to this point, you being a woman, right? (laughs) Like, It's like everything, your blackness, it's like we put things in boxes and I'm like, no, we can't do that because this is the totality of who I am. Like, (laughs) and so either all of me is accepted or none of me is accepted. So I did see that. And I think Kalia, I think the person that got beat up in the, uh, I think it was a convenience store or something like that, or I think it was a convenience store or grocery store. I think um, that was a trans woman, if I'm not mistaken. Um, that these guys started trying to beat up on her. Um, And so just watching that, it was incredibly frustrating, which actually I'm about to lead into the next question, because the biggest people that I saw giving pushback um, were religious folks, um, of why they will not join in with Black Lives Matter, um, though they believe that Black Lives Matter, or a certain fraction of Black Lives Matter, but they were like, "No, but we we can't, we can't agree with that." So, I want to ask y'all, how do you think? I'm, I want to say Christianity because a big percentage of Black people identify as Christian. Not all, though, um, but a big percentage of it. So, I want to ask, how do you feel like the church, the Black church slash religion, has played a part into? the homophobia and transphobia that we see um, in the black community. And I don't know if y'all want me to go first or one of y'all wants to go first. You can kind of let me know.
3: I can jump in.
0: I think um, it goes to
3: an interpretation of scriptures within the Bible um, that often are taken out of context or not taken in context of the rea- the social, um, environment of the time. And so they hold on and have a very literal interpretation. And which is interesting because when they do that, they ignore all of the other things that they dismiss, like wearing pants Um and all of the other fun things that are in the Bible. Um, and I always, it always, I think it's frustrating, but I always like laugh because I'm like, okay, so about that thing about premarital sex, like it's picking and choosing what you want to condemn people for, but it it always goes back to um, I'm going to take this scripture. I'm going to take it out of context. I'm going to cling to it for dear life to beat people over the head with it.
0: Yeah, I agree. So I'm about to go in for just a few seconds because this is a space that I have come out of. So Um, I always tell people I'm going to speak from a black church experience, so I can't speak to other religions because I have not been a part of those spaces. Um, From a black church experience, I always tell people when you are a person on the margins, being a part of a black church is a complicated relationship. So is what I was saying a few minutes ago. On one hand, it is a space where your blackness is affirmed. It is encouraged. It is uplifted. Um, it is, you know, it's a place literally where you can exhale because you've been holding in tensions from the world, you know, all week. And then you go in there on Sunday morning and it's like you're around people that look like you. The culture is there and you feel completely a part of it. Right. So on one end, your blackness is accepted. But on the other hand, as a marginalized person, so whether you are a woman, whether you are a queer person, whether you're trans, whether you're non-binary, that's where it gets complicated because typically that part of you is not accepted, is not embraced. Um, And for me, um, just in being in that space and I've been on the receiving end just as a woman, um, in that space of feeling this this weird tension, and I've also have you know my queer friends who are in that space, and they also feel that tension. It has to feel really shitty that all of you can never be accepted in this space. Um, that on one hand your blackness is affirmed, but this part of you is condemned, um, and so it it becomes. I think for them really hard to kind of be in that space um, because there is this there is this teaching of that you are an abomination that you are less than um, that you because uh, here's oh here's a good here's a good example I was talking to somebody in a church space it was a straight black man we were having a conversation and I made the comment that Billy Porter who I adore because I think he's just fierce, right? When he hits a red carpet, it's everything. He's going to shut it down, right? And um, I think he had just worn, it was like that tuxedo outfit that had that beautiful, yeah, that looked like a gown at the bottom. And me and my friend, we were talking about how he killed that look. And the person that was in the room with us, who was a straight black man, kind of looked disgusted. He was like, I don't understand you black women. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, shouldn't you be angry about that? And I was like, for what? <laughs> like, he killed it. Why, why would I be angry about that? Well, I mean, that's the reason why there, y'all, y'all keep saying that you got a small pool of eligible, good black men. Like, you should be upset because people like that take away. And I was like,
1: well, I'll just—I just want to jump in here and say this because that—that uh, that angers me. Um, you ain't one of black men right there, uh, because from what you are interrupted this these women's conversations to say something so hateful and bigot, uh, bigoted. You ain't one of them black men that we looking for. So, I just want to jump in and say that.
0: Right yeah. So I was. Say, I first of all, has somebody ever said something to you where you just have to process the? You're trying to process the logic behind it, and you're like, "What the hell?" <laughs> And so I said, first of all, I will never, never demean any person that is being fully who they are and fully who they were created to be. I will always celebrate that. I said, so, number one, I celebrate him. Number two, I said, so you want him to act like he's not a proud gay black man to appease who? And he was like, well, you know, um. You know, I just think that that's a part of the problem, like gay black men are taking away possible candidates. for. I was like, stop. So now you're going back to this illusion of that somebody's sexuality really is a choice. I say, did you choose to be a straight person? So why are you now applying that to a gay person? Like that doesn't make any sense to me. But
2: but I think also, even if it is a choice, People That's should be able to business. have the freedom to choose what they <laughs> exactly. want to do with their life. And nobody else really has the right to judge that.
0: Exactly, And,
2: you know, in, in, in my estimation, from kind of a more like psychological perspective, you know, I think a lot of it does go back to sort of the way people are interpreting scripture. But I, I also think that, you know, I want to, I want to kind of take a step back and also talk about, you know, as a group of oppressed people, I think that there's a way that that oppression sort of goes down the pipeline, right? So like one group is oppressed and then they oppress the next weakest group below them and then they oppress others, you know. And so the fact that we're not talking about all of this as oppression, it's all oppression, whether it's about your race, your your sex, your gender identity, your sexuality, whatever. We're not talking about that as a as a, you know, as a combination like that oppression really affects people and all their identities and we can't really single out one form of oppression and somehow you know what audrey lord said was like i'm a black lesbian woman mother you know all of those things are me i can't separate those things from one another so how can we separate our how can we separate those things in our movement for liberation it doesn't make it actually makes absolutely no sense Um, And I think that's why people get so much on the defensive because there's that like cognitive dissonance, like that confusion around like, oh, wait, I'm fighting for my own freedom and liberation, but I'm still oppressing this other group of people like that doesn't compute. And so it leads to people almost doubling down on these like oppressive viewpoints and attitudes Um, but I want to put it within that broader context, because I think that's really important. And I think people also get worried about their loved ones, you know, being gay or something like that, because, um, you know, we already have a marginalized identity, which is being black. And so then, okay, now you're adding another marginalized identity. Now you have another one. It's, it's similar with mental illness. I find that, you know, people don't, People don't want their loved ones to have all these different marginalized identities, and so I think some of it comes from that as well, this fear. Um, but it sort of it 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 comes out in ways that are not actually nurturing and helpful; they're actually harmful.